everybody. Welcome back to the Willow Tree Online, episode 11. And this episode, uh, let's see, it's July uh, when this is coming out and when we were recording it. And uh, this episode, we are talking all about gardening, um, which is a passion of mine. Christine is basically just going to interview me for yeah. this podcast. This episode is a passion project for Steven. It is. It a is passion a passion episode. A passion episode for me. And as a side note, my fingers are burning and tingling because I was cutting up peppers that I grew from my garden. They were way today. too spicy. They are so spicy. They're cayenne peppers. And uh, I had one when it was green because I was like, I wonder how spicy it is because I didn't really know what I'd gotten. And I was in pain for about 15 minutes. I don't minutes. feel like this is the best introduction for teaching them how to grow their own food. No, it was, I mean, if you're an idiot like me and you just g- grow peppers that you don't know how spicy they are <laughs> and then you eat them without checking how spicy they are, then, you know, then yeah, maybe, maybe you should listen to this episode so you don't do what I did. Um, but anyway, no, I'm excited. We're, we're going to like make like cayenne pepper powder or flakes or something with them, but it's just crazy how just by slicing them up, like my fingers are tingling because they're so spicy. Plants are crazy. We didn't even do our intro. This is the Willow Tree Online. This is the Willow Tree Online <laughs> podcast where we explore living our values in our heart, health, and home. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think just kind of in that same vein for me, you know, gardening uh, has really become really important to me. It's become a really important rhythm. We talk a lot about rhythms. It is, it aligns with a lot of our values around the good food and eating locally and all of that stuff. It kind of combines a lot of things for me Mm. and, uh, and I just love it. And when I love something like that, I tend to learn a lot about it. I like to try a lot of things. I make a lot of mistakes and then I get to come here and tell you what I did wrong so that you don't have to do those same things. Um, so Christina, anything else that you want to add before we go into the three highlights of the day? We'll do our highlights, and then we'll get into the core content, talking through just gardening and why and some some basics just to kind of, if you're new to gardening, if you're not sure, you know, how you would even go about starting one, you know, just kind of what that steps would be, what those steps would be. Yeah. We're just going to give you some simple steps to, if you want to get your garden started, Stephen's going to share some of the things he wished he would have known. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just going to kind of interview him so that if you've been someone who feels like you want to start a little garden, but you don't know how, and it's overwhelming, then hopefully this episode empowers you. And if you're like, I don't care at all about gardening, then hopefully there's some takeaways anyways, and you enjoy the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, you know, skip this one. That's fine. <laughs> if you're not it's interested long, in gardening. No, but I think I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it. And maybe I'll convert you into a gardener. You can garden anywhere. <laughs> and everybody should be a gardener. All right. All right. Let's do our three highlights. I'll take a minute here at the beginning. We always like to do this because it's what we do every day at dinner. Um, we get around the dinner table and then we share our highlights from the day. It's a nice way to kind of wrap up the day. So... We're going to share those. Yeah. Can you imagine the first time that Beckett is actually able to give three highlights? Oh, man. Like, there's going to be a day where, like, he can actually give three highlights. We'll have to record the podcast (gasps) with him so he can share his. Oh, that will be so uh, sweet. Yeah, his three highlights with you all. We're pretty far from that. (laughs) We are. We are. He knows one word, which is actually two words, 
but it sounds like three words. It's. <laughs> I don't even know what you're about to no, say, well, but I can't. I can't imagine a better description no, of Megan's language do, right now. You do know because uh, it's all he says all the time. It's it's open up is what he's oh, trying yeah. to say, but it comes out like abanya. Oh yeah, abanya, abanya, And he, he uses it and for pretty much anything. Open up, yeah. Anytime he wants something, it's abanya, 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 abanya. Want to go outside? Abanya. Want a banana? Abanya. <laughs> Want mama to hold you? Abanya. Well, and it is confusing because when he says banana, like he leaves off the second na, <laughs> so it's I just mean, banana. <laughs> abanya kind of just covers everything. It covers everything, really. That's all you need. That's all you need. Um, all right. Three highlights of the day. Christina, what were yours? <laughs> um, sorry, my brain is just all over the place. I think we need to close every episode with abanya. Like it's abanya. like our goodbye. Okay. It's our, it's our war cry. My three highlights of the day. One was we went to Lowe's today to get a paint sample. And Beckett was like walking behind us in his sandals. And he was a good like. What do you think? 20 feet behind us the whole time? I wouldn't say maybe 20, 20 maybe, maybe like 10, 10, 15. Yeah. But it was hilarious because on those floors in Lowe's, you could just hear him. It was like a duck behind us. Like his shoes were so clappy. And he's a heavy stepper. Yeah, he's a heavy stepper. And so it was just hilarious because we were just laughing as we were walking and he's having to take three steps for every, you know, one step that we take. Anyways, it was just a funny moment just of him. Beckett and slapping his Everyone way just lows. laughs when they turn the corner and there's this well, tiny human. And it's it's unexpected, right? You see two people just kind of walking and then this 19-month-old just like... <laughs> trying to keep up. You know, yeah, just doing his thing, just, trying to come it along. made us giggle. Okay, the other highlight is that I got a paint sample and this is maybe happened to me one other time in my entire life that... I think the one I got is the one I'm going to use. First try. Yeah. The other time was in your office. Yep. Every other time, it's been like 25 samples later. Yes. But I think I have the color that I want for our front door. I can attest to that. It's pretty, right? Yeah. And it's the interior side of the front door. Right. Because we're still keeping the same like green for the outside. Yeah. I don't know if that's like, is that a no-no that you paint the inside one color and the outside? It might be, but I'm doing it. Yeah. So our, you're going to open a green door and close like a true and Enneagram a four. Color. That might be how it's supposed to be, but I don't care. I'm doing it my way. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad because I ask all my friends and family's opinion on things and then they tell me and I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something completely not what you said. Okay. Last highlight. These all lead into each other so nicely. This one is has to do with design, but I helped somebody um, like create. I created a design plan basically for her bedroom. She wanted some help with it, and so I gave her this whole like design plan and all these links. So, anyway, she's been working on putting it together, and she sent me pictures tonight of like some of the progress that's being made and some of the items have come in, and it looks so good, and it's coming together, and it's just fun to see it. Come to fruition. So, so cool. Those are my highlights. What were yours, Stephen? My three highlights were, uh, so today is a Sunday. We're recording on a Sunday. And uh, on our way back from our church, we stopped and got coffee and a vegan cookie, which is... The best vegan chocolate chip so cookie in good. Nashville. 
if you know, they're called Whitney cookies, right? It's the brand is Whitney. Yeah. And we go to the well at Brentwood and they have them there, but they're not vegan. But right next door is a vegan, uh, like bistro kind of, yeah. yeah, Smoothie slash bistro. So they've got wraps and acai bowls and smoothies and stuff and vegan versions of Whitney cookies. And they are so good. They're like half baked cookies. Yeah. They're, and they're huge. They're thick. Yeah. They're really, really great. They're so good. Yeah. We had that with our lattes. It was a very spontaneous moment. Yes. It's not an inexpensive cookie, so we don't usually get it. It's about the price of a latte. (laughs) (laughs) But it was so worth it. It was so good. So good. So that was definitely a highlight. It's been a minute since I've had one of those cookies. Um, uh, Second highlight is Beckett has been... Beckett has been... Um, there's Oakley. If you could hear him <laughs> flopping his ears in the background, Beckett has been waking up a little hard from his evening or like late afternoon nap. And I take him after that nap so that Christina can have some alone time. But one thing we've been doing is he just has, it takes him a minute to wake up. And so I've been basically like Christina kind of wakes him up, brings him out. And then I take him kind of back in there and like, just hold him. He doesn't fall back asleep, but we just kind of cuddle in there and I'll kind of play with him. I'll talk to him. We'll kind of do stuff. And he just kind of drifts in and out as he like is waking up. And then after like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, he'll like pop wide awake and he's ready to go. But he just needs that transition. And it's been really sweet for me to like just hold him and cuddle him and do all that. Cause I, I don't get like naps with him anymore. So, um, and then the last one was we did some yard work this evening before dinner. And that was really fun. I had him down there with me. And so he was walking around with a drill that he didn't know how to use. It, it really looked safe when spayed. I walked out there and peered over and it yeah. looked like a really safe situation. Just, yeah. Beckett with power tools. It's right. <laughs> no shoes, power tools, lots of wood. Stephen transplanting a compost bin. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all fine. It's all fine. Uh, no, it was great. It, it went really well. We were getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. <laughs> unfortunately, even though we had our mosquito repellent thing, like it's we had a, enough. and it's, it usually works really well. mosquitoes in Tennessee are like, they're a different care. breed. Yeah. They're, they suck. They are hard. Literally. Ah, ha, ha. All right. I actually didn't intend for that. Um, <laughs> all right. Those are our three highlights. What are yours? Take a moment to reflect and pause, even if it's just one. Do that for yourself and uh, and let us know. We love hearing from you what your highlights are every day. Uh, or not every day. Every time you listen to the podcast. Every day. Every day. Send it to us. Uh, okay. Core content. Christina, this is kind of, this was your brainchild to ask me questions. All right. So I'm going to hand it over to you and, uh, and I'm at your mercy. All right, here we go. Just like normal so, in life. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, so the premise of this podcast is let's get your garden started. And we're going to talk to Stephen about how to do that and how not to do that. So first of all, Stephen, yeah, why, why, what are the benefits of 
of a gardening? Why would someone want to do that? Maybe give us just like three reasons why it might be a good idea. Because I know there's a whole laundry list of good. There is. It's very hard to limit it to just three but I will do my best. I will do my best. I actually yeah. feel like I'm at your mercy and so is the listener <laughs> in this podcast because Steven <laughs> could talk for hours about gardening. I could. I could talk a long time about this. Uh, but I will try to summarize it. Um, yeah. The, the In terms of benefits, why should you garden? I think the most obvious is food, right? Food quality, food. Um, and the reason that it's so good, there's a couple of reasons. One, the food that you get to the grocery store is not fresh. Um, it has been picked before it's ripe and it has been, you know, shipped in trucks thousands of miles most of the time. And uh, in some cases, not, not all, but the vast majority of the time, um, that, that food is not fresh. And so, um, it tastes different. The nutrient profile is very different. Ripe food of any kind, vegetables, salad greens, fruit, like when it's actually ripe, it tastes completely different. The nutrient profile is completely different. There's so many more micronutrients and all of these, all of just, just this incredible stuff. The texture is totally different. And, um, and you just don't get that from a grocery store. Um, so that to me is, is number one is just the, you get a really high quality food that tastes amazing. You'll hear every gardener say nothing tastes like a homegrown tomato or greens or any, anything. They just taste totally different. Um, cause you literally pick it out of the ground, you know, clean it and eat it. And it just, it's, it's really cool. And like, that's big for your health. It's, I'm thinking about, it's almost like taking a really, really high quality multivitamin versus just like a very average multivitamin that's yeah. maybe not as regulated. Like yep. it's, it's going to increase your health. Even if all you decide to grow is like a bed of spinach, yep. you know, that's like, you're literally growing multivitamins in your backyard and yeah. mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And then the uh, kind of other side is, um, is growing organic. So not, I mean, you can buy organic from the store and so that that's going to be the same type of deal. But again, with the freshness and when you grow at home, I highly recommend growing organic. Um, you don't want to be spraying chemicals on, on your food. Um, and, uh, and so when you grow organic, it's the same thing. You're, you're avoiding a lot of chemicals that even organic produce at the grocery store still has because they're still around non-organic food, right? It's, they still kind of intermingle. So, um, you're eating in season. We've talked about this before. I don't know if we've done a public episode on it, but, um, Christine is shaking her head. No. So, um, but eating in season is really good for us for a number of reasons. So growing organically, you kind of have to uh, growing your own food. You have to eat in season. Uh, there's not really an option unless you're really advanced and you, you know how to do, you know, like tunnels and hoop houses and all that kind of stuff, greenhouses and, and you're growing year round. But, um, yeah, so eating in season. And then for me, the last thing is mental health. Um, I just going out into the garden, it, it engages your brain in a different way for me at least. And, um, it, it 
quiets it. It kind of stills it. You have to focus kind of on the thing that's in front of you. And, uh, and for me, I just, there's no feeling like being out in the garden and whether that's my own garden or whether it's at the community garden that I volunteer at, which is a much bigger operation. That's like a one and a half acre deal over there. Um, but I just, I just feel so good. I just feel so good. Um, and I feel like I've learned a lot about, um, I don't know, just about life. Like there's a lot of life lessons in the garden. There's a lot of spiritual lessons in the garden, um, regardless of your spirituality. And I find it more compelling even than a lot of teaching I've heard. (laughs) Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a synchronous, you know, like when you garden, I think something specific about that is one, like it's a handcraft and in our society, there's not a lot of that left. It feels like, you know, but these things like gardening or sewing or working with your hands to create art, like there's something to that, that truly is really calming for the nervous system. And then with gardening, like you have this added benefit of you are like getting in sync with like these other parts of creation. And Mm -hmm. it's just this very like, beautiful thing where you're helping a seed that is full of potential but it's maybe not going to come to its full potential unless you plant it and water it you know and you're Mm -hmm. bringing that to life and then you can share it like we share so much food with our neighbors and um there's just this huge sense of like I'm I'm lacking the word but like this oneness I know what you're talking about so so you know, nature moves at a certain pace, right? The world moves at like, and when I say the world, I mean the literal earth, Mm -hmm. like nature moves at a certain pace that is slower. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you go out there, you are entering into that flow. Right. And that's often in our modern lives, right. That's we're separate from that. We're separate from the seasons and the, and the flow, like we're doing something different and we just show up at the grocery store and get our food and then go. But there you go out and you're suddenly, it's like you've stepped into like a slipstream, you know, and it's like, oh, boom, now I'm in sync mm. with the rhythms and the flow of nature and natural processes yeah. and how the whole world worked and ha- works and has worked for for all time. And you're like participating with yeah. something. Yeah, and it's, you know, like, and you're saying too, like, you know, you can bring, depending on your care, you can, because of your care, you can bring forth food and beauty. But also at the same time, you have far less control over it than you think. And that's a, that's, that's a a life kind of lesson from that, or kind of jumping around here um, in terms of, you know, I guess why it's important. But for me, like, it's that sense of you have to be diligent. You have to show up. There's You can increase your chances of success by doing certain things and by being organized. And, and that's how life is, too. You have to show up. You have to do the work. But also, I can't control the weather. I can't control um, if a big swarm of pests come you know, and, and they overwhelm my prevention methods or... Or if the seeds that I use just weren't that good or mm-hmm. whatever. There's 
there are a million factors that are outside of my control. So it's this balance of doing my part, showing up, being faithful, um, and doing what is in my control and also being at peace and planning for the things that are outside of my control, which is so important for life and especially for this podcast and the things that we talk about and deal with and our listeners deal with, you know, we're no strangers to things outside of our control influencing our lives. So it's a really good place to, I don't know, to kind of sit in that. You know? It kind of almost makes you take on like a posture of humility that you have to practice too. Cause like you said, going to the grocery store, you get to choose like, Oh, I want purple cauliflower. That's organic. Okay. I'm going to go get that off the yeah. shelf and hand them my card. And now I get to take it home. Whereas when you're participating with actually like nature, it's almost like nature's the boss, you know, mm-hmm. and you're just participating oh, yeah. in it. So in a way it's like this beautiful, um, character building thing too, where we become, we, it's like in a way we start to see, like, we're not actually like running the world. Not like that me and you think we're running the world, but you know, as like humans, I think we, I don't know, we can, we can not be humble when it comes to nature. And really it's like, no, this is like our earth. And it's so good to like come alongside earth and participate with it and honor it, you know, and like be a part of the system rather than just like overriding the system all the time, which I think is a lot of what we do in our modern society. We kind of just like override nature and plow this down and don't think about that and waste energy. And, and then when we participate in gardening, it's like a posture of saying like, I care and earth matters and the future of our planet matters. Mm -hmm. And it kind of takes us off our high horse, you know, or, or whatever. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't have the luxury of being separate from it anymore. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I know for me, I mean, I can't, I don't understand why it's all not so much more expensive because I know what it takes to grow a tomato and a carrot. I still can't grow a freaking carrot. Like they're so picky. Pale. What, what did we call them? Oh gosh. The yeah. Pale we have wilty name. carrots or something. Like tiny, yeah. Tiny, stunted pale carrots or something. We said if we had a band, we would call it, I think it was the wilty, the pale wilty carrots. (laughs) Pale wilted carrots. Yeah. uh, You know, it's just when you see how much effort goes into it and the time that it takes, it takes a long time. And so, and you do it and you cultivate it and you grow and you finally get like a tomato or some greens and you're like, I did it. And you eat it and it's so good. And then it's done. And you go, I did all of that for, you know, for like this stretch of, of produce, which is great. But then you think about the fact that there's always produce at the grocery store. Yeah. Like, and how much planning that takes. And like, man, like somebody had to like really mass machinery to help. Yeah, they do. But even like, and we'll talk about this more, but like local farming, right? Like, you know, support your local growers and do CSAs or farmers markets and stuff like that. But even them, like it's like, the food that you're eating, this sounds so obvious, but it's, you experience it and appreciate it in a new way where what you are partaking in, somebody planned that, put work in for it months ago, mm-hmm. in some cases a year ago. Like they, they did all this work so that you could enjoy this thing now. 
You know, it's literally you're getting the fruits of someone else's past labor. And that's a really, like you said, humbling thing to think about. It's like now every time I eat, I'm like, it's something that I didn't grow. Like, I am so thankful for the people who six months ago put these seeds in the ground, Mm -hmm. you know, and cared for it and watered it and made sure that they were safe from bugs and like all that stuff. Like it's a, it's no joke, you know, and and it's so critical. It's food. (laughs) We all need three things. We need food, water, and shelter. And community, so for social, like seriously, for human beings, social is like is up there for survival. So, four things that we need, and it's it's so basic, you know, to us. So it's really, it's really, it just connects you to all of that, you know, when you start growing mm. for yourself. So, okay, so if someone is like, okay, but how in the world? Where do I even start? That's, I mean, you also listed how, you know. It can take forever and it's a long process and you work mm-hmm. so hard and you get one tomato and then you grow a spicy pepper and it burns your fingers. <laughs> so yes, should someone start a garden? Well, it, why is it worth it? Yeah. Well, um, I, I, and how uh, do you do that? Yeah. I, so <laughs> I, I do think everybody should start a garden. Um, I grew up context. I grew up in Phoenix. We both grew up in Phoenix. The concrete jungle. The concrete and brown desert jungle. And, you know, gardening wasn't, it's not really a part of the culture out Mm. there, right? Like, that's not what you do in Phoenix because everybody's yard is made out of rock or dirt. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're well off if you've got (laughs) grass in your yard because you got to water that and water is scarce in the desert. Um now there are actually more and more I've actually seen some more like community gardens out there when we when we go and visit which is awesome because there are ways to grow in those extreme climates cold and hot you can you can do a lot of really cool things to to make that work and more people are doing that but in general I mean the point of that was like just the, it wasn't a part of my growing up really I didn't I just wasn't a part of what I did and so I'm new to this and, and just in that, I don't know, in bringing that to in these last couple of years, learning about it and trying things, I just, I feel like everybody should, everybody should garden. And, um, no matter how big or how small, um, I think that everybody can benefit from it and it's just fun. It's a creative outlet. Um, so what would do. be like the first steps like if someone wanted to start a garden but they don't even know where to start like what supplies should they gather what would you say like how would someone get started tomorrow that's yeah. such a big question but i feel like that's most people's questions like, yeah yeah so yeah so it is definitely a big topic there are many books and courses and all of that <laughs> um you know, written on the subject. So, I mean, for starters, you could go to your local bookstore and browse the gardening section and pick up a book there. Which can but feel so overwhelming though. Totally. Like when I've, I want to get into flat, like growing flowers mm-hmm. and I'm hoping to start that next year, like flower farming, mm-hmm. but it's like so overwhelming to look at books and stuff. So I think it's helpful to just have like a human actually yeah. tell you. Well, yeah. And that's, and that's me. Right. So when I got started, I had the benefit of, I mean, a, I love to read. I love to research. Yeah, so that's I'm, true. Some I'm that guy. Enjoy that. I'm that guy. <laughs> um, and I was given a couple of really good books right out of the gate. Um, the organic gardeners Bible and, and the, um, vegetable permaculture garden, 
And then also the cl- some clients I was working with were homesteaders. I was working with two different homesteading clients running their marketing, and they both are big gardeners. And one of them had a gardening course. So I had access to a lot of resources, like people who were at the top of their game teaching other people all over the world how to homestead and like provide food for themselves for self-sufficiency and things like that. So I had some pretty good teachers out out at the start there, but um, your first step is you need to um, figure out your grow zone Um, and your grow zone. It basically is the number of uh, it's where you are right in the world and it's determined by the number of um, like below, like hard freeze days that you have, basically. So the smaller the number, like zone four or five, uh, or four A, four B, five A, five B, that means it's a colder climate. That you're looking at like Washington, you're looking at like North Dakota, Idaho, things like that. Um, and then on the hotter end of the spectrum. It would be zone like nine or 10, and that might be Florida or Phoenix. Um, we're in Nashville, Tennessee, which is zone 7A, I think, or 7B, one of the two. Um, depending on what you look at, and you can find this out just by going to Google, typing in <laughs> grow zone and then your zip code, and it'll do it. Um, I would try to figure out if it's A or B just because that's helpful to know, seven or eight. Um you know, it just gives you a higher degree of specificity, whereas 7B would be a little warmer than 7A, which means you could start things earlier in the year. It just changes your schedule, basically. Mm, okay. So so that's first step is like, what's my grow zone? And then the second step is, what time of year is it? <laughs> you know, so if you're listening to this right now and you're like, I want to garden, well, you've got your you've got your grow zone and it's the middle of summer. So if it's really hot for you, you can't really plant anything right now just like straight out into the soil. Um yeah, it's kind of a funky time. So It's like a planning. I mean, that's kind of why we're doing this podcast right now, right? Cuz it's this is a time for a lot of people where you can't actually put things into the ground, but yeah. you can start ordering the seeds, you can start preparing yeah. like when are you going to seed start? Yeah. Things like that. And I and I should preface this. I mean, some experienced gardeners will go, "Well, no, you totally could if you like did this and this and this." Yeah. And like absolutely. Like there are people who are growing like cold weather plants all year round because they have shade cloth or they have a shady spot or they're growing in a greenhouse. And then there's people who are growing hot weather stuff all day long mm-hmm. because they've got like a heated thing or they've got tarp. they they use tarps to like keep things really hot. So like you can finagle and, and do a lot of different techniques to figure that out. But in general for the average home gardener, if you're just like, if you got a couple beds or something in your backyard, um, you know, right now is kind of a funky time mm-hmm. for, for most people. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's figuring out like, you know, for, for me, like I would, if I was just starting out and be like, okay, what's my grow zone? Uh, okay. What time of the year is it? And then you could go to Google and just search like, you know, what can I plant right now? Cause there are a couple things I'm sure that you could plant. Like you could probably still plant, um, sweet potatoes right now in Nashville. You're on the tail end of that. Um, where it would get to be the time it takes for them to mature. It'll freeze before they're ready. And sweet potatoes hate freeze in cold weather. So they'd all die before you get to actually harvest them. Um, but 
like for me right now, so I would probably don't plant sweet potatoes. Not, well, no, no, I'm saying like we're we're almost oh to the too late. Mark. We're almost to the too late mark. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I got you. So, like for me, if I were a new gardener, I would be looking at the like fall planting. Okay. You know, I'd be looking at okay, what can because now is about the time to start preparing for that mm-hmm. for our grow zone. Um. And that would be things like um, you can do a bunch of cold weather stuff again. So the stuff you plant at the beginning of the year and mm-hmm. cold weather, that's like your greens, that's carrots, beets, root vegetables, root vegetables, cabbage, kale, you know, and then that's greens again. But um, all of that, you can grow really well again at the end of the year when it cools mm-hmm. down. And a lot of them like freezes, like carrots and cabbage, you actually want to wait until they've gone through a freeze because when they do that, they release, a bu- they basically become a lot sweeter. They go through this chemical change that is triggered by a freeze. And so they're way better hmm. if they've gone through that. So, uh, so yeah, that's... Okay, so I would just like kind of recapping for the person like me, maybe who's like not fluent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go, what is Nashville's grow zone? And then I would find out online, Oh, it's seven B. And then I would look up what can you grow in the fall in zone seven B? Mm-hmm. And it would give me a list of things and I would choose like, okay, those things would be, I would enjoy growing those. Mm-hmm. So then what though? Like, where do I order my seeds? Do I need to do seed starts? Cause I see those sometimes like at stores, like what would you say I would do in terms of getting the supplies that I need. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and to back up, I think the, the, the really the true first step Mm. here is to figure out what do you want to eat? Like, what do you Mm -hmm. want to grow? Mm -hmm. Like actually start there, you know, and like come up with a list of like, yeah, these are the things that we eat in our, like open your fridge look like do you are you a tomato family or do you hate tomatoes or are you a greens family or are you not really a greens family um i would recommend you become a greens family if you're if you're not (laughs) especially if you're going to grow it yourself because they taste so good when you grow them yourself but um but that will then like when you you do the grow zone and you look up what you can grow then you can pull from your list like Mm. okay well of my list, here are the things I can grow. Yeah, and, then, okay. and then you start there. So you're not just looking at a wide open list. Like we hate okra. Oh, Sorry. We so do. so we're not ever going to grow okra. Whereas a ton of people in the South and Southeast, it's like okra is a staple for yeah. them. So uh, I don't care though. I don't want to grow okra. <laughs> um, so all of that. And then in terms of supplies, um, yeah, for seeds, there are a number of really great places. You just buy them online. Some places have them in stores, but I really like to get heirloom seeds. Maybe we could link are, in the show notes. Yeah, we'll link to a couple of great resources. But you want non-GMO, ideally heirloom seeds just because they've been there. The nutrients, you know, are going to be really good. Um, and heirloom, it's really fun cause they're not typical. You get, you get really cool varieties. Um, like there's one called seed savers exchange where, you know, I mean, it, it, heirloom, what that means is that if I grew a pumpkin 
then I would save seeds from that pumpkin and then I would grow it again the next year. That's an heirloom. So I'm, it's the, it's Mm. the same strain year over year. Mm. And some of these places like seed savers exchange, there are seeds that have been in people's families for hundreds of years that they've kept going and they've kept alive that you can buy from them. It's a nonprofit. You can buy these seeds from them and grow them yourself. And you're connected to this whole history and it's not something that you're going to see at a grocery store, you know? So, um, so that to me, and then you've got your classics too, like kale or a lettuce mix or whatever that you can get from those places too. But, um, but yeah, you want, you know, non GMO, um, non genetically modified. Would you recommend doing seeds as someone who's getting started or would you recommend doing starts? That is another great question. So I would say, um, I would, I would recommend, um, if you have a good, uh, like source of starts, like the ones that are just at Lowe's or Home Depot or something, those aren't, a lot of those are GMO. They're not heirloom. They're not organic. So if you have a good, if you have access to a good nursery or to, you can order starts on Etsy too. Did you you can order starts on Etsy? Yeah. Um, or, or like look for farmers, a lot of farmers, like local farmers, they have a seed starting operation cause they do all their own stuff. And then you, you could buy transplants from them. So for someone who doesn't know a seed, a start, you saying that word is basically the seed has already started growing. So rather than buying the actual seed, what you're getting is like a very tiny little plant that you just put in the ground. That's what a start is. Yeah. And to, to go through the whole life cycle, right? Like You'd buy seeds, you get them in packets, depending on the size of the seed. You could get 100 in a packet, or you could get like 10 in a packet. And then usually when you, if you seed start them at home, you get these little trays, and then you put seed starting mix in there. It's like potting soil that you can buy. And then you put the seeds in, and you kind of grow them in a conditioned environment inside first. Because when they're getting started they are more susceptible, you know, to weather or to the elements. And so you get a higher success rate if you kind of control that environment, give them a really good chance to start. And then they grow into these, what we're calling starts or seedlings, right? So there's leaves, they've grown strong if you've done it right. Um, And then you transition them to outside. So you harden them off. That's what's called hardening. So you expose them to the elements. Like you put them outside for a few hours, bring them back in, put them outside again, bring them back in. And then you transplant them. So you actually take them out of their little pod, put it in the garden, and then it's in the bed. And that's where they actually grow and produce fruit. And then once they're harvested and all that, then then they're done there. But that's, that's the whole life cycle. Um, so you can buy seeds and you can start them yourself. I would highly recommend, um, there are some things, the bigger, here's my experience, the bigger the seed, the easier it is to just start it outside. Mm. And that's called direct seed. So like a melon, like a watermelon or a cantaloupe, like I can just put that in my garden outside and give it a good soaking. And I know it's going to do fine. Um, zucchini is actually the same way for me squash like and that's just they love it out here so they they'll grow like crazy but i really struggle with 
everything else <laughs> doing direct seed. So greens, uh, tomatoes, uh, corn, even like all of those. Um, and this is a mistake I've made before. I've tried to direct seed those and they just, it's just, it doesn't work well for me. So I would recommend if you want to grow like greens or whatever, either make sure you get the stuff to start the seeds inside mm -hmm. and look into that and you can do all that. easily find stuff on youtube like how do i seed start spinach like just do a little searching uh, yeah and for i'll that. share we won't um, get into it too i'll much. share a couple youtube channels that i really okay. like um but there's a few that really cover it in depth for like home gardeners like so it us. sounds like if there's three options if you want to you can just plant the seeds in the ground but you're looking at a little bit more vulnerability in terms of what's going to come up yeah Second higher oh. like like for me this year in the in the spring I did pretty much everything direct seed and like 70% didn't do anything mm -hmm. like they didn't grow. So I wish I would have started them inside and done a transplant. Yeah. Then outside. It's a lot dependent on like the weather and how hot it got. There's like mm -hmm. a lot of variables. Yep. So then the second option would be that you start your own seeds and you could do a search on how to do that. And yep. then the third option would be you look online maybe for some someone or a company in your area that sells organic or heirloom seed starts and you could do that as well so those are like your three options exactly yep. okay so with that then um i think that's probably like a good like like okay that's how you would kind of get started there's so many yeah. other things we could talk about but we don't want to make this too lengthy of terms of like yeah. where to plant and how to plant yeah well I, and oh. well and just to like touch on that briefly like you really have two options you are planting in the ground or you're planting mm. in a bed and i think for most people planting in a bed or a container of some kind is your best place to start mm -hmm. um, just because you have way more control over the soil and the conditions like you can put really good soil in there and just give them a great head start it's a little easier to manage especially if you're in a place where there's a lot of bugs or natural predators, if you plant in the ground, it's just, you're dealing with a lot more, um, of, of the world of nature. Um, whereas in a garden bed, you can control that a bit more. So, okay. And you can move it around and so you can experiment basically mm. on your property. So if you could like put a whole bunch of beds out in your yard and then be like, Oh, actually that's not the best spot. I actually want them over here. And then you can move them you know, the next year or something. Um, but yeah. Okay. As I think that kind of, that's good in terms of getting started. Do you think yeah. that information, yeah, if you I have like so. specific questions or other episodes that you'd want us to talk about this kind of just an overview on like gardening in general. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot we could talk about in terms of, um, in terms of pest control, yeah. in terms of what to do about weeds but in terms of like, like organic growing methods and permaculture, I'd love like permaculture is a whole other topic um, and just like how you grow, you know, plant and grow together and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's kind of the beauty of gardening too, though. I think like you just got to get started because if we like sat here and gave you all this information, half of it would be relevant, but the other half might not be. You're so going to figure like, out your style. Yeah, like, you do know? you have pest issues? What are those pests? You yeah. know? Yep. So, you it's kind great, of have to learn as you go. It's a great point. It's it, it's totally true. I, and I am definitely somebody who likes to <laughs> likes to research heavily 
on the front end and like really have a plan and feel super confident going in like, okay, I know everything. And that you, you just Which can't is, do that. Takes with us gardening. back to the beginning <laughs> of like why gardening is such a beautiful yeah. way to grow as a human yeah. <laughs> because you're constantly being challenged. Yeah. Right. And you have to, like you could know everything, but if you, you, put a bed out and you try to grow some stuff, I guarantee you something's going to happen that you weren't prepared for. That's just how it goes. Like your experience is going to be different because your location is different and you're different and all of those things. So yeah, like the, the best advice I, I have would be to just start with something, whether that's herbs inside or just like a little, a little like, um, like a tub or something, you know, like a half whiskey barrel or something out in the deck, you know, just start, start somehow. Okay. So I have two more brief questions here for you. Yes. So I want to know what are three things that you wish you would have known before you got started, like mistakes that you've made that you wish someone would have told you or you would have found out. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many but I, I did narrow it down to three. Um, the first one is, uh, is watering, how watering mm-hmm. works. And I, I, I just learned this like this year. And um, basically it's better to do deep, infrequent watering um, versus more frequent watering. Because if, so if you do more frequent watering, what will happen is the the water won't permeate like into the soil. And so the roots will stay shallow for the plant the, the they don't, cause they don't have to dig deeper for the water. But if you do infrequent deep watering, then the top of the soil dries out faster and the roots have to go down. They, they grow deeper in search in search for water, which means it's a more developed, more healthy root system. And you can grow closer together. So you can grow more food in the same bed because the roots are going down instead of to the side. So that, and I didn't know how that worked. That's like so interesting because it seems like, well, that's fascinating. But also if you think about nature, it's not like nature gives like a little sprinkle every day. Usually in most yeah. places you Unless get like, in Seattle. yeah, you get like a downpour of rain yeah. every like that's Never interesting. So I've never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. Or just in huh. general, like just the earth like holds water, right? Like we dig deep to yeah. get to wells, right? So like water is down. And so, um, so yeah, deep infrequent watering. I wish that that had been explained to me mm-hmm. more. Um, and so the second thing is the importance of mulching. Um, I made, I've made this mistake multiple times until I finally figured it out this year, but um, the first year, what'll happen is if you don't mulch your soil, especially if it's, if it gets pretty hot where you are, the top of your soil will dry. And for me, it hardens. Mm. And what that does is it, um, the soil won't accept water very mm. well. So I would water my plants and then I would just take my finger, stick my finger in and pull it back and it would be dry not even an inch down underneath. Like it was like, it it wasn't letting water into my soil Mm. and my plants were dying and I didn't know what was going on. And so if you mulch your beds and you can use a number of different things, that's a whole other 
topic, but you could do things like shredded leaves or you could do wood chips um, that are like partially composted or, or whatever. You could do a lot of straw, grass. Like it's a lot of different things you could do. But if you just do something, what that does is it provides this barrier. And when, it, when you do water and it rains, the mulch will absorb the water, but it also protects the soil. And that keeps the soil underneath really soft and real mm-hmm. and moisturized and when you water it you notice the water is just like soaking in and draining really mm-hmm. fast whereas if you're if it's not mulched or, or if it's uncovered um mm-hmm. that it it just doesn't work doesn't mm-hmm. work that way so and that's like if you're doing big scale garden beds, like people know that, but I wish somebody had told me that even for like my garden bed, you know, like at home, it's like, Hey, you should still do this. You should still mulch or you should still have things, you know, you don't want bare soil as much mm-hmm. as possible. So, um, that's one. And then the last one is seed starting. Um, you know, I had it in my mind. I was like, I should be able to just like throw my seeds out like a fairy and, <laughs> And they would just grow like Jack and the Beanstalk. And, uh, you know, because I'm like, that's what happens in nature, right? The seeds just fall and then and they grow. And in Disney. And in Disney. Nature and Disney. Um, and, you know, like you, you read the books and you read the people and like the kind of classic thing is like, you know, they've got their, their seed starting trays and they start them inside and then they do the transplants. And, they, and I was like, no, I don't need to do any of that. And I do, I do need to do that <laughs> is, is the answer. And so do you, uh, so do you, especially again for those, like for the, the greens or the tomatoes, like just do it inside. Cause it, you can, you can get them outside earlier. It increases your odds. Of in, success. It increases your odds of success and it gives you a lot more control. You can, you can start more than you need. Because inevitably some of them aren't going to work. And then if they don't work, you're, you're not totally screwed. And, uh, yeah. And it's just, it's there. It's so disappointing to do all this work. You plan out your mm-hmm. garden bed and I would, I've got this app that we'll all share in the, in the notes too. It kind of gives you the, like, you should plant these plants together because they'll help each other as they grow and other plants they drain they kind of hurt each other if you plant them next to each other so i like would plan out my bed so it's optimal and all this stuff and i i seeds and i water them and like nothing happens and by the time you realize that they're it's not working like you you've lost the season a window you know like the growing window for that mm-hmm. crop it's like I, I lost six weeks you know mm-hmm. and I can't, I can't go back and undo that. So I, um, yeah, I wish I just started with seed starting and that's what I'm going to do from here on out. So this growing, this season was my final straw. I was like, this was so discouraging. Like I just, I need to just do seedlings. I need to go buy seedlings or I need to start them myself. You also had a ton of success with some of your gardening. I, I did. Yeah, I did. But, but like everything that I was successful with was a start. Yeah. Like I, I planted it as a seedling mm-hmm. or a start. Mm-hmm. I didn't like direct seed it. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, this will be the last question. Okay. But what are you excited about for like your fall garden? You're going to do some seed starts. 
Do you have any other, like right now we have two pretty large beds in the backyard. So what are your plans for your garden? I do. I have two beds. I have a third bed that is in pieces that I am finishing building. So I will have a third bed. Um, I am excited to basically <laughs> redo the spring. So all the cold weather stuff that I wanted to grow in the spring that failed, as I just talked about, um, I will get to redo. Um, and so I'm really excited for that. And what that is, is basically greens. Um, so I want to do cabbage again. I'll do, um, Swiss chard, kale. I'll do, um, I might try carrots again. I don't know. I have a love hate relationship with carrots. Do you think you're going to do more beds? Like I was thinking about what we talked about with our backyard. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's going to be this year or not, but, um, but yeah, we've done a lot of planning and dreaming about our backyard. We're on a slope and some, some spots are a lot steeper than other spots, but we've kind of identified like kind of towards the back of our yard that it's actually pretty usable. It's not too bad. And so we were going to, um, see if this year we could, do some more beds out in mm-hmm. our backyard, like six beds. Um, right now we have two, <laughs> two six foot beds. Um, so that would significantly ramp up our production, but, um, yeah, that, that would be super fun. Again, I don't know if that'll be this year or not. Um, but I hope it'll be this year. That would be a blast. Um, I think what I'm most excited for, though, are the sweet potatoes that are growing yes. out there. We've got purple sweet potatoes, Japanese sweet potatoes growing. And they're growing. growing really well. They're doing great. And yep. you had such a good potato harvest. Yeah. He also had a really good um, Malabar spinach harvest. Yeah. And tomatoes. We got a lot of tomatoes this year. Yeah. And my my tomato plants... Um, all fell over. Yeah, in a storm. In a storm, and, and that they're has still happened. Still producing, and that's happened a couple of times. And uh, there's a lady, Nicole Burke. She runs an Instagram account called Gardenary Co. And she just talked. She just posted about this, where oh, she's really? like, "Don't use a tomato cage." And I'm like, "Yes, like don't use it because they they always fall over. They're not tomato plants grow so much bigger than a tomato cage. And every time I've used a tomato cage, it gets blown over as soon as." Any kind of storm comes by. And it didn't need it because the tomatoes are still growing. The, Even after it got blown over, right? Well, that's, that's the crazy thing with tomatoes is yeah. that, like, yeah, like, I mean, it was a huge tomato plant. And so it got blown over in the wind. And, like, when I say blown over, I mean, like, the the stem, like, snapped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the whole thing was bent over the tomato cage. Um, and the whole thing had kind of fallen, too. So it was, like, it was beyond repair. It was the whole plant is done. But with tomato plants, once the tomato has started forming, they will continue to ripen. So like mm. you could take a tomato, like a, like a, you know, like a, a vine of tomatoes, right? So like I would cut one off. They had like seven tomatoes, cut them off. They'll keep ripening on the, on the vine. Not if they're tiny, like they need to get to a certain point huh. of development, but once they've they reached that point, they'll, they'll ripen off the vine. Yeah. And so basically what that means is like this tomato plant there, none of them were ripe when this tomato plant fell over and I go out every week and I get ripe tomatoes off of it still, <laughs> which is so crazy. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the tomato plants, despite the 
storm's best efforts. Okay, well, maybe we'll like share on our Instagram too as we garden this fall. Yeah, that would be. Fun I'd love to, to do that. share yeah, the process. I could definitely share. Okay, that. so what's the takeaway? Health, heart, and home. Um, how can we apply this to our lives? Yeah, I would say pick one thing that sounds fun to you to grow. Like, don't make it practical, but just make it fun. Is that a flower? Is it a, an herb? Is it a specific thing? Like, I've had so much fun growing peppers this year, even though, like, I can't tolerate them. <laughs> I can't tolerate how spicy they are. But it's been so fun. I've been getting all these peppers, and they look like the Chili's logo, you know? And it just makes me happy. And so maybe it's peppers for you, or maybe you want to grow your own ginger or something like what's the fun thing Mm -hmm. that you've never thought about growing that you're like, I I want to grow that. Um, Don't choose avocado because that that's what everybody wants to grow. I want to grow avocado or or bananas. bananas. And those are both like Well, just tropical. choose something and then figure out if it works in your grow zone. Yeah. If and, it doesn't, choose something else. And avocados <laughs> probably don't. Unless you're in Florida or California, they, they won't work. Um, but, um, but yeah, like pick, pick one. And when I say one thing, I mean one thing. That, that's, I, would, I would say, like, if I could go back to beginning gardener Steven, hmm. be like, one thing. <laughs> one bed, one container, whatever it is. Um, whether it's a suitcase or an old drum or, or whatever, just pick one plant and just grow that one thing and do it successfully because that win is going to feel really good and it's going to be really fun. And you're going to learn a lot about the process Mm. from doing one. And if you try to take on too much, you're going to get overwhelmed. It's not going to work and you're going to get burned out before you even start. So just start with one that sounds really fun. Um, like for me, I probably would have told me to do potatoes, mm-hmm. you know, because we just love potatoes and it was so fun to like dig them out and all that stuff. Um, yeah. And, uh, and message us and tell us what the one thing you're going to grow in yeah. the next year is. Yep. <laughs> yep. Do that. And, um, make sure to last tip is to um, not go cheap on your soil. Mm. Really look into soil and what that should be and composting and all of that stuff, because that is the most important thing for a garden. It would be better to have a very small bed with few plants that were in really good soil than big beds, lots of beds. Absolutely. Like don't go get the budget. This is not the place to to get discount soil. Yeah. You know, like that's not it. And you're only going to have to get it for one growing season because then that soil you'll use for the next growing season. Yep. So it's yeah. an investment you, in your You garden. have to amend it every year because your plants will consume part of the soil. So mm-hmm. it will it will go down over, you know, year over year, but you just have to top it off. You just amend it. So so yeah, that initial investment lasts you for a long time. Um, and then you just top it off each year. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. There's your guide to start a garden and why it matters. And, um, I, I mean, for me, it is not an exaggeration to say that gardening has not only changed my life, but it has been something that has gotten me through, um, some of the hardest times of my life these last couple Mm -hmm. of years. Um, I, I don't know 
what I would have done without garden um, or without gardening and without my community garden. That's another thing. If you have a chance, like if you can look around and see if there's a community garden close by, that is that is a non-negotiable for me. I have to go every week or I feel so much worse in my day-to-day life. So I'd highly recommend it. It's just so, so good. It's like going to therapy, but you bring home eggplant. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it really is. Like it is plant therapy. Like, and it's being outside it's like forest bathing have you heard of forest bathing but it's like nature bathing and you're outside it's just so good it's so good it's the best thing so if you're able get out there and do it okay well let's wrap this up with a whimsy and delight we always like to kind of end with what we are whimsying and delighting in <laughs> i love that we've turned whimsying into a word um, so it's what have we been enjoying lately? What brings us whimsy and delight? And what is um, the best thing we've eaten lately? So, Christina, take it away. Okay. My whimsying, um, I'm going to have to say this feels so silly, but I tried a new mascara. <laughs> and if you wear mascara, you know, they can be very finicky and tricky especially ones that are like more natural. So I was using a different brand for a long time, but I didn't love it. And I recently got this new one and it's from Ilia and I love it. And I tell Steven all the time, oh my goodness, I was outside and it was so humid and like my mascara is still perfect by the end of the day. Anyways, it's very silly. So you probably don't care, but if you're looking for a really good mascara (laughs) and you live in humidity, definitely try Ilia mascara. That's one thing that amazing. I'm lately. Not um, sponsored, not a, not an affiliate. No, definitely <laughs> not. Um, okay, best thing I've eaten lately. It's a really, it's hard to say because I had a different answer, but now I think I have to say it's that cookie we got today. Oh, like it was so good. I was in the car. I had my warm so good. almond milk latte, and then I had a chunk of this cookie because we split it, and it was like half baked, and it was so thick and gooey and like perfectly sweet, but not too sweet. And I was just sitting there feeling this like euphoric feeling, and Beckett was so upset and crying in the back seat. He was just literally thirty seconds away from falling asleep, and that's why. And I just looked at Stephen, and I'm like. He's crying right now, and I still feel so much happiness because so I have this cookie. <laughs> and it was just, it was that good. It was that so good. So good. So good. Right. They say you can't buy happiness. Uh, yeah. You can't. Don't, you can't. Whitney cookies, <laughs> Franklin, Tennessee. Okay, what are you whimsying, and what's the best thing you've eaten lately? So, uh, the thing I am delighting in uh, this was something that was given to me yesterday by <gasps> you. Uh, Christina surprised me with uh, my first business merch, first business swag. Um, she got me and Beckett matching hats that say Hudson Creative Co. on them, which is the name of my business, my marketing agency. And uh, so I get to like rep my business now with my hat. And mine's a, a really cool like. They're like faded cotton, kind of. They look kind of warm. Ball caps. Um, I should have yeah, gotten you caps. both matching gardening hats. That would have been more cool. <laughs> That'd be great. Beckett in a gardening hat. Oh, oh gosh! Goodness. I mean, he was really cute in this too. So his is tan, and mine is like a faded green. So, yeah, that was that 
was an exciting. It's so great. I'm I ordered so them like eight weeks ago because they yeah, were like a custom been order. Works for and a they while. finally came. And I had no so idea happy. she hit it from me really well. And then the thing I've been eating lately um, are the most delicious things. <laughs> <You've been eating laughs> Here's what I've been eating. Uh, no, we went blueberry picking last week, I think, or yeah, last week, a little while ago, depending on when you're listening to this in the summer. And uh, and it was like a you pick thing, so you, you got to pick your own berries, and it was just so good. I mean, to keep on with the theme, right here of growing your own food or whatever, but like this local thing, and you just pick the berry off, and it's perfectly ripe, and you get to eat it. It was just so good. It's so much better. We made muffins out of them. We made muffins. Good. You made muffins. Yeah. So I'd say that's the. That's the best thing. Beckett didn't realize like that they were blueberries. I think he didn't make the connection. He was loved picking them. Yeah. Just putting them in his bucket. And we're like, look, buddy, you can eat them. And he just wasn't. But we know he loves blueberries. And then finally something clicked. And he realized like, wait, what I'm picking off this tree is what I eat at home on my plate. Yes. And he just started like double fisting blueberries all of a sudden. (laughs) Picking them off the tree, shoving them in his mouth. Uh, Like, buddy, wait, wait, wait. We have to pay for those. Amazing. Put them in their bag first. Um, all right, that's it. So that's uh, that's what our whimsy and delight is. Um, we feel like that's a really important thing, a really important practice to reflect and uh, and find those things that are del- that we're delighting in. Um, and if you can't think of anything, um, see how you can work that into your life. Try to try to intentionally mm-hmm. find whimsy and delight in something. Yeah, sometimes you have to go after it. Sometimes it doesn't like come to you. Sometimes it does, but sometimes you have to go after it. I feel like for more for more often for us, like we have to sit down and go like, "Hey, we need some whimsy and delight. How are we going to do this?" And it it is an intentional thing. Yeah, I'll say like, "I really need some whimsy this weekend." Like, can we go do something like, "Can we go buy a chocolate chip cookie?" It's like a small thing like that. Surprisingly easy. Take a drive. it's, It's not anything massive it doesn't have to cost money yeah. like it's it can be like one of them we went to the vineyards there's these vineyards that are close by to us they have free music mm-hmm. on this big lawn that they've got this jazz music and and a and bluegrass band it was amazing it was so good and it was totally free mm-hmm. you know so uh, there's see if you can find things like that to go after you enrich your life but um, that is it, everybody. Thank you for tuning into this episode. We're so grateful for you listening. I hope that you feel inspired and encouraged to go start a garden. And thank you, Farmer Stephen, for joining us on this episode. Well, you're very welcome, Miss Christina. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will be posting more gardening content. Uh, I love I've, the overalls you're wearing today, by the way. Uh, yes, that is my next thing. I need to wear overalls. Now all the viewers are going to go, wait. Is he wearing overalls? I hope you're picturing Steven in overalls. He's not wearing overalls, <laughs> I'm guys. Not, Major buzzkill. He doesn't but even own overalls. That, that is my next thing, That's though. the next. I have a wide-brimmed marketing hat, <laughs> and I've got a bunch of little gardening gadgets, but now I, I, need the, I need the overalls. Subscribe to the show for $5, and it will either go towards the show or Steven's overalls. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just yep. kidding. Yep. It will go towards the show. Shirtless in overalls. That's the Whoa, That's this the is look. getting... <laughs> PG-13 suddenly, bring yeah. it back. No, no, just kidding. I will be fully clothed. Don't you worry. Um, no, but I, I do, like, people have I have told me that they'd like to see more gardening stuff, so I'm going to start sharing some more gardening. On your Instagram? On my Instagram. Okay. 
Yeah. Or maybe on threads. Follow me over on threads. Uh, Yeah, that is it for now. Uh, Let us know. Again, we'd love to hear about your gardening adventures. If you are a gardener, like what are your tips? Like what are the things that you wish you would have known? Uh, We'd love to hear your answers to the same kind of questions we asked today. And uh, and if you're new, what are you going to grow? What's the first thing that you're going to do? Tell us. Um, And uh, yeah, I think next time uh, we're going to be talking about some more mom related topics, which is very exciting. We've had a few requests come in. Sorry, I'm breaking my table. Um, Had a few requests come in for mom topics like cloth diapering and other things that I'm not remembering right like, now. <laughs> um, we were thinking it would be fun to do a few podcasts that were like mom talks. So things like uh, just parenting things or things I've learned in the first year and a half of yeah, being like a mom or cloth diapering, yeah. postpartum, nutrition, you know, yeah, yep, baby yep. led weaning, things like that. So we might delve into some of those for a few episodes. Um, we also started doing downloadables. That yes. library is going to keep growing, so you can find the link in the show notes. But we have a few downloadables up now. You can purchase for like $2 for downloadable. The intention questions we ask each other every week to set the intentions for the week. I also made one on our cloth diapering routine because I've had so many people ask us, like, they want a cloth diaper, but it feels really overwhelming. So I made a whole, like tutorial on how to do that that you can download and we're going to keep adding to those so you can find those on the website if you want to support the show for five dollars a month um it means the world to us it just helps us get the show up and um the platform and everything that we use and if you do that then we will send you every time we create a new downloadable you will receive it for free kind of as an ongoing thank you to you Um, anything else? Nope. I think that's it. Thanks everybody. So grateful that you're here. Thanks for listening. And, uh, we'll see you next time under the willow tree. Bye. Bye. Welcome my dear to the endless summer. Welcome my dear to eternity.